Welcome to The Buzz, I'm Christopher Conover. College athletes can now get paid for the use of their name, image, and likeness. But the changes are muddy. This week on The Buzz, we look at what the changes mean, especially for future college players. This summer, the NCAA announced that college athletes can sign contracts to get paid for the use of their name, image, or likeness. Simply, student-athletes can now get paid for autographs, promoting products, leading camps or clinics, or personal appearances. Universities cannot negotiate those contracts, but at the University of Arizona, a group called University Edge is available to help student-athletes and companies meet and navigate those waters. We asked the university for an interview, but they were unable to arrange an interview for us by our deadline. They did, however, send us information about the protocols. UA athletes may not use university logos without written permission. They cannot be paid for their athletic performance, and they cannot be involved with sports wagering, alcohol, drug use, pornography, adult entertainment, or anything that harms the university's reputation or interests without first getting written consent from the university. Dan Waitley covers the name, image, and likeness, or NIL, issue nationally for Business Insider. He says across the country, the rollout has been difficult. So it has been a bit messy. I think part of the issue is that um, a lot of colleges and universities have different rules in terms of what students are and aren't allowed to participate in when it comes to using their name, image, and likeness. And then there's also different laws by state. And so uh, if you're a brand that's trying to work with a student athlete on like a marketing campaign, it can be tricky to know what's allowed and what's not allowed. Some schools say, you know, you can't participate in any marketing that involves our logo, for example, um, uh, so whether that's like wearing your uniform that has the kind of team uh, logo on it or another type of activity. Um, a lot of schools prohibit things like uh, gambling and alcohol-related marketing, which is probably not surprising. Um, but some have really specific restrictions, too. Like, there are certain schools that have even prohibited use of their team colors, for example, um, in marketing campaigns. And so uh, I think messy is the right word. It sounds like it. These student-athletes are young. They could be freshmen, sophomores, even juniors and seniors, but especially the younger kids coming in. What are some of the risks they face in negotiating these deals? Yeah, so uh, there is some concern that these young students are not kind of savvy about how to negotiate a contract, right? They probably have never uh, talked to a brand before about a marketing opportunity. And so um, there are concerns that a student might sign on to like an exclusivity agreement that could prevent them from making money um, in that category down the road. You know, I signed an agreement with Under Armour and I'm not allowed to work with Nike, which might make a bigger or better offer down the road. So that's one concern. And then um, there's also just been some questions around what students can and can't agree to when it comes to name, image and likeness deals. So, um, you know, one story I recently worked on was related to Barstool Sports, which has signed up a bunch of students as kind of brand ambassadors. It's called Barstool Athletics. 
And while students are agreeing to, you know, submit a photo of themselves in their jersey and become a Barstool athlete, a lot of their universities haven't agreed to let their logos be used by Barstool. And so you're running into these kind of interesting conflicts where schools have an interest and colleges and universities have an interest in kind of how they're represented and they're seeing their students kind of make their own deals often without considering kind of where it might conflict with what the college is trying to do. And some of these deals that we've heard about in the media have been pretty big, you know, high six-figure deals. Um, Are they all going to be that big or are they all that big or are those just the ones we hear about? Yeah, I would say that those big deals are absolutely the exception. Most of the deals that we're hearing about in, in my conversations with student athletes I'm learning about are a lot smaller. They're they're typically with, uh, you know, like a local business, a restaurant, a car dealership, and they can be for a gift card, um, a, you know, free burrito, something like that. Um, so we're not seeing, for certainly there's a lot more media coverage around those big deals, but the vast majority of student athletes are not making six figures off of their name, image, and likeness. Right now, a lot of the attention is on football because it's football season, basketball season's about to start. Is that who is going to make this money, or are the lower, what the universities call lower revenue sports, women's softball, swimming, track, uh, all those things, do those students have any chance, do you think, of making money on this? I think we are seeing that the sports like football and basketball are getting the most initial interest, but I wouldn't discount the role of social media in this too, because there are athletes in not lower tier, but sports that get less attention maybe, um, who have big followings on social media. And those types of student athletes can get significant deals from brands because their ability to kind of amplify a a brand is greater because they have a bunch of followers on Instagram or TikTok, for example. Are they moving then into the influencer culture, if you will? And for those who are moving into that influencer culture, does that require a different set of skills and put some students at a disadvantage or an advantage over others? A lot of students aren't experienced <laughs> um, in, in kind of how to, how to use social media from a professional standpoint. This is all new to them. But you do see some colleges and universities introducing programs to help students learn how to navigate, you know, using social media to promote their name, image, and likeness. And so I do think that there is attention being paid to making sure students don't necessarily put themselves in a bad position by like posting the wrong thing online or entering the the wrong deal. Um, But it is, it's really new. And uh, I think there probably will be some mistakes um, in these early months. What do you think the future for NIL is? The rollout, as you said, when we started this has been kind of messy. Do you think it will get cleaned up uh, as it goes further along or will this just continue to be messy? I think it will become more kind of professional down the road. And um, a lot of the work right now is very reactive because the kind of policy change happened July 1st. A lot of uh, universities had to kind of rush to to get their policies and plans in place at that point. And so, uh, you know, based on my conversations with administrators and some of the companies that are in the space, I think this is going to grow into a really, really big category. And brands are very excited about the opportunity to work with these student athletes. 
And student athletes are very excited about the opportunity to get, you know, some additional income while they're in school. And um, so I do think we're going to see a lot of the kind of open questions be answered in the next year. And, and some of these kind of early challenges will hopefully be resolved. All right. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was Dan Waitley with Business Insider. The NIL rules don't apply to high school athletes, but Eric Rogers, the head football coach at Sal Point Catholic High School in Tucson, says the issue could play into recruiting as coaches try and convince athletes to come to their college or university. You know, it hasn't become a huge topic yet for us. Um, I think it will. Uh, I think it's going to be that that top echelon of a player. Um, you know, the B. John Robinsons, uh, the Lathan Ransoms. Uh, when you have a chance to go to a big time power five school, um, I think you're going to look into what kind of NIL package does the school offer. But for most of our kids um, with the Division three, Division two, NAIA, um, it's probably not as big a topic for them. Uh, I, I do think as it continues to evolve and grow, it very well could become more of a topic for them, for sure. Do you see it becoming a recruiting tool where the coaches are in here, you know, talking to kids during the home visits and things, or or even talking to you? Do you see them starting to bring it up at some point if they're not already starting to nibble at the edge? Well, I think it's, it's such a competitive environment. Um, and when you're trying to get the best of the best to come to your school, you're gonna, it's going to have to be a topic. Uh, this is what we can offer. It's part of that offering package. You know, we've got, you know, here's our housing package. Here's what we do for the kids, whether it's a dorm or it's really more of an apartment, um, whatever that might be, NIL is going to become part of that discussion. You know, here are the deals that our kids are getting. Cell Point, it's a big school. Everybody in town knows the name. How many kids are getting recruited out of here at any level per year on average? I would say it's probably roughly around 10 kids. Um, you know, and we typically have a senior class of 15 to 20, maybe a few more 25s will be a typical senior class for us. So I think our kids, uh, if they want to go to college, most of our kids fortunately are very good academically. And so every school i mean there's opportunities out there you've got to be willing to go to the midwest you got to be willing to go to the east coast um there's a lot of schools in the northwest schools in california um but it's it's hard in kind of this kind of little mountain west if you want to call it there's not a ton of smaller schools in the mountain west kind of area so if you're willing to travel i mean i tell the kids all the time if if you want to play college football we'll find you a place to play college football Everybody wants to go right up the road to the UA, but of course, yeah. there are only so many spots. Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of our kids will end up choosing to not play football um, and go to the U of A because one, because of their grades and how well they've done in school, it's, it's basically free for them to go to U of A. Um, their, their academics have covered their tuition. Um, they can sometimes stay at home or mom and dad have a little bit, uh, they can take care of just books and, and housing and, and they're great to go. They, and they love just being at the U of A. They get involved with some of the, you know, the programs that are at school there. Um, and they just decide that, okay, they're done playing football. You've been a coach for a while and with this new name, image and likeness, NIL are 17, 18 year old 
kids coming out of high school, are they ready for that? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Uh, but I don't think the colleges are ready for it either. Um, this is brand new. Uh, I think it's kind of the, you know, call it the wild, wild west right now. I don't know if they really grasp what what's at stake and what's about to happen. Um, this thing's going to, it's going to explode. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and unless they put a little bit of reins to it and start reeling it back in a little bit, I think it is going to get a little out of control because it's basically free. I mean, you can do anything you want now. I mean, BYU came out and said, all of our walk-ons, we've got a program in place now that they're getting their tuition paid for. Every walk-on, every sport. I mean, that's a that's a big, big deal. I might have tried to walk on in a sport when I was in college if that was the deal. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that's a talk about a recruiting pitch. Hey, you come to our school and you still get your tuition paid for, even if you're a walk-on. Do you think as NIL becomes more established and starts to get its legs under it, you're going to have to start counseling your players, your juniors, your seniors about some things to do, some things to look for responsibly as they get ready to get out? Oh, I, I think absolutely. And again, you know, it may be some of those those top players of ours that are going to the Power Five. I don't know yet how much we're going to have to talk to some of the lower level. However, that's one of the biggest things that I've heard from the college level. The colleges aren't allowed to get involved with these student athletes. Um, they have to do this on their own. And that's what's scary because they don't have representation to help them right now. Uh, so a lot of them are doing it on their own and they may make some mistakes. And that's where I think the NCAA and all of that needs to step in and say, no, let the colleges help prepare these kids for what's coming. All right. Thanks for your time. Yeah. No, thank you guys. Appreciate it. That was Eric Rogers, the head football coach at Sal Point Catholic High School. Sal Point's former standout running back, B. John Robinson, now plays at the University of Texas. According to the Associated Press and other media reports in Texas, he's signed deals with local restaurants, a clothing company, and an internet company that pays him to send personalized messages. You're listening to The Buzz. I'm Christopher Conover. This week, we're exploring the rules allowing college athletes to profit from their name, image, and likeness. When you think about college sports in Tucson, the University of Arizona obviously jumps to mind. But across the area, hundreds of athletes play for Pima Community College and win national championships, often without the fanfare associated with UA or other big schools. Jim Monaco is PCC's athletic director. We began our conversation with the question of whether or not community college athletes are eligible to participate in the NIL rules. Everybody's talking about this name, image, and likeness for college athletes. Does it apply to your athletes at the community college level? It does not. You and I have talked in the past about you know, when you all had a football program and and moving your athletes up to the next level as they graduated, sending them on to four-year universities. Um, I remember you guys used to have signings and the whole thing. Are you hearing athletes on campus talking about this? So when it does apply to them, they're talking about, well, I don't want to go to this university or sign with that university because I can get a better name image likeness deal at other places. Because I still have a lot of connections, uh, you know, I, I do get calls from the community and, and some young athletes that are in high school. You know, can you contact this coach? And from what I'm hearing, 
that is the case. And it's really difficult to fathom for an old person. All right. I, it really is. It, it's hard for me to fathom this. And I, I don't understand or I really don't see where this is going to be beneficial because truly, you know, Bijan Robinson, let's let's use him. Right. Tremendous young man. He is a wonderful human being and an amazing football player. He's already getting those contracts. Now, what about those five big guys blocking for him? Right. They're not going to get those contracts because who knows at Texas who Billy Bob Smith is? He's the right guard, but they know who number five is running behind them. So I really, in the, in the future, I, I can see it as a real detriment to college athletics. I, I really do. I, I'm, I, like I said, I'm an old school guy and, and grew up with not much. But when I see kids, and they are kids, right? They're 19, and, and, and they're getting contracts for hundreds of thousands of dollars because we're going to use you at this and we're going to, now we're going to put you in a commercial, but just your likeness. And we're going to pay you that. It, it just, where the heck does the amateurism come in? Do you think as someone, when you were a football coach or talking to high school coaches, and now that you're an athletic director at the community college level, sending some kids on to the bigger institutions, are you now going to have to work with your coaches as this gets bigger and bigger to begin counseling these students or set up a program so that when they get those kinds of offers, when they're eligible, I know if I were 17 or 20 or even in my 50s and someone handed me a check for six figures or maybe even seven figures, it could burn a hole in my pocket pretty quickly. First of all, that that's incredibly insightful and a great question. You know, you're going to have to counsel these kids. You know, we we're old enough and been involved in athletics enough that we've seen those stories of even the Heisman Trophy winners who all of a sudden get thrust into the limelight and all this money and the next thing you know, they're broke and they're not in the league anymore and they're no good and then they're arrested or they're on drugs. I can see where counseling is going to be incredibly important. And, and let's be honest, it's brand new. So how many of my coaches would even, except we all understand what it is, how would they know how to process it and proceed with it and give direction to a young person? Because we've never been faced with it. This is brand new. And it just, I don't know, it, I think, you know, that old thing, right? The rich get richer. I can't imagine schools like Alabama and Oklahoma and Texas and, and things really being so far ahead of so many other schools. I mean, who's going to Akron? Wonderful, wonderful university, amazing athletics. Come on, it's Akron, right? Hey, I, 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 I wouldn't turn down a job there, but these kids go, it's Akron. Uh, but I can go to Michigan, which is 110,000 people in the big house every week, and my likeness is going to be everywhere if you're a running back or a wide receiver or a quarterback or a DB. Right. The difference between an Akron zip and a, a Michigan Wolverine uh, is is substantial um, just because most of our listeners, uh, to your point, would know that Michigan are the Wolverines, and most of them probably couldn't tell you that Akron are the Zips. 
when it comes to college athletics, and you and I have talked about this in the past, we're talking about right now the difference for the athletes potentially getting paid, but there's a big difference just in funding. There was a story recently in the Arizona Daily Star, some of your programs at Pima Community College have turned to the internet for fundraising. That's something we don't hear about the University of Arizona or Akron or Michigan. So tell me what's going on financially with your programs. Probably beneficially, growing up with very little, you learn how to do more with less. So we've had no influx of extra funding. And over COVID, when we were so fortunate to get out and play in that spring, you're talking about two buses to take a baseball team, just baseball. So our expenses went through the roof and having the exact same budget we had four and a half years ago when I took over, it, it, there's no cost of living, there's no cost of anything in it. So our coaches and our student athletes have done, and it's not some, it's every single one of them. And, you know, and I'm blessed that I got out there in the public and, and got a wonderful partner like Chapman Automotive that came to the rescue and gave us a bunch of money. And I've been able to do things with that to help our athletes. And, you know, it's, it's very difficult. But the beautiful thing about it is the kids and the coaches understand, you know, it may not be high school ball and it's much higher level than that. But sometimes you get stuck with high school budget. And you understand that this is just part of what you signed up for. The kids you have, and you say it's part of what you signed up for, some of them are, are gifted athletes who academically needed to come to Pima to get ready to go to a, a larger institution or a four-year institution. Might not be larger. Pima's pretty big, uh, student body-wise. Or maybe they're an athlete that's on the edge physically as opposed to academically that that needs a couple of years under your coaches who are the kids who are coming to be student athletes at Pima our young people male and female like are incredible young people you know we always talk about leaders in the community you have that understanding you you said it you hit it on right on the head if you're a tremendous football player why was I able to get you? You know, if you're 6'6", 325, and you're really good, it means you needed some help in the classroom. And, you know, and then you have some of our, especially some of our local kids, because we wouldn't go out of state and bring somebody in like that. But our local kids that might need a little bit. And now you're talking about a young person that's not going to get a lot of help scholarship wise, and they're still going to have to go to school and practice every single day. And they do it. And, and I got no knock on the University of Arizona, of course. But the kids that go there, they're already pretty polished stones. You know, their, their academics are in place and their athletics are in place or both are in place. We get them, they're a little rougher, but they come out diamonds because of the work they've done. You know, not, not just what our coaching staff has done and what our counselors at the college have done and our instructors, but the grind they have to put in. I mean, my goodness, you know, if you're a business, Boy, I'd ask, were you a JC player? Because you had to grind to get that four-year degree. So people understand, as you said, 
this is not just another level, little level up from high school. You have had some great athletes come through there, and and maybe it's not the sports, maybe it's not football. You guys aren't doing football anymore, but your women's basketball team a couple of years ago, before UA, you know, got all the attention. There was you guys. You bet. And let me say this: Jeff Cotton, who played on my 2015 team, still with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you know that's that. You're right. Our kids. God, and you know, I know I always call them kids, but heck, I'm 60. Almost everybody's a kid now. But you know, the, these young athletes, these student athletes, they, they do some incredible things. And and that's the key. So many folks think, well, it's Pima. You know, I, I get phone calls all the time. You know, what sports do you have? I'd like to come try out. And I'm like, okay, let you know, and then, and I'm trying, you try to do it with the best grace you can. But you're like, you know, that this isn't how this works here. You know, most of our coaches recruit their athletes because truly this year, 10 of 15 went and competed for a national championship. 13 competed for the region champion. I mean, if this was Stanford, you'd have it all over the city, right? 13. So we're trying because that's what you want to build. You want to build that great program. You want to build a program that that has expectations of excellence because, you know, with those kids, and like we talked before with football, with those kids, when I came in, we made a conscious effort. We're going to be a 3.0 department. And we were 2.96 for 337 kids. So I sit back and I mean, my hat's off. These coaches, they're getting a study hall. Our study hall is bursting at the seams. So that's the key. You know, you're not just, another athlete it's so small that you really do get a chance to move on and so being recruited and going to Pima College you're already in the top two percent of every youngster that ever strapped it on or took a bat or a ball or a glove because that's what gets to go to college it's so minuscule to go to the pros they've got to make sure that they can read a textbook and do math problems, which I cannot do now with this math. And, you know, I mean, so it's, it's just, it's, it's really touch and go with our kids because they, as much as you don't want to shoot them down, there has to be a level of realism. Hey, do the best you can here and leave nothing undone. So that way you have no excuses. You did everything you could. And then if you get to go to another school, doesn't matter if it's Michigan or Boston college, or if it's an NAIA school, who cares? More college, more athletics. That was PCC Athletic Director Jim Monaco, and that's the buzz for this week. You can find all our episodes online at azpm.org and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for The Buzz Arizona. We're also on the NPR One app. Emma Gibson and Megan Myskowski helped produce this week's show. Jim Blackwood is our production engineer. Our music is by Enter the Haggis. I'm Christopher Conover. Thanks for listening. Arizona Public Media's original programming is made possible in part by the Community Service Grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.